Hey, it's good to see you today. Thank you for joining us through for our journey through Scripture. This is our Thursday uh, edition uh, this week. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. Um, we are going to be reading 1 Kings uh, chapters 12 through 16 today. Uh, this is marking a, a big transition period uh, in, in Scripture. Um, we have just um, finished talking about the death of Solomon, uh, and that kind of is the, the end of an age. Um, and now we are going to be looking at the uh, the transition into a divided kingdom, and and it's very sad here. We start to see the the crumbling of a society, a society uh, that is moving away from God. That ha- started happening during the time of Solomon, um, but but now it, it accelerates. So today we're going to be in First Kings twelve through sixteen. All right, and it. As you read through here, know when it talks about Israel, it is talking about the northern kingdom, uh, which is 10 of the tribes. Tribes, uh, and then when it talks about Judah, that's the southern kingdom. Um, that's the the where Jerusalem is. It's uh, the kingdom, uh, the tribe of Judah uh, and Benjamin. Um, that is the the line uh, of David, uh, right? So uh, that kingdom will actually stay together a little bit longer uh, than the northern kingdom. Uh, but the northern kingdom does make up uh, ten of the tribes, and. Um, it's very sad to see where both of these kingdoms eventually go, but uh, the scripture kind of jumps around, and uh, there's conflict between both of the the northern and southern kingdom, um, and uh, so don't don't get overly confused here. But I do encourage you to to not skim over this. There's there's some really interesting things. Um, We will be, you know, kind of looking at Kings and then we'll look at Chronicles that will be talking about the same things from different perspectives. Um, But uh, this is uh, interesting to see um, the the politics involved as well. One of the things that jumps out to me as uh, I was reading this uh, is that there truly is nothing new under the sun. Politics is messy and ugly and has been forever. Um, And you see that uh, in the, the nature of of these kings and and how uh, the the polit- the political system uh, is clearly working, uh, and and it becomes more political the further away from God uh, the nation gets. Uh, maybe there's some similarities there with current <laughs> circumstances. Um, so First Kings chapter twelve, Solomon has now died. Um, his son Rehoboam should have been able to uh, to come and unite the kingdom. Uh, so Rehoboam is uh, um, uh, expected to do that. Um, the uh, northern tribes, the 10 northern tribes, uh, if you remember, we talked about a prophecy that Jeroboam uh, would actually become king of the northern kingdom, and Solomon had him banished or wanted him killed, and so he fled to Egypt. Well, now he's back. Jeroboam comes back. And he kind of becomes the leader of the northern tribes, but they all come to Rehoboam because they want to uh, to to be together. So they go to Rehoboam, and uh, and uh, Rehoboam says, uh, uh, you know, Solomon had had some uh, kind of, I guess, maybe sanctions is the best word. That's a, a popular word today um, on some of the northern tribes, and had had you know there was some contention there during Solomon's reign, but they were still united. Um, but the northern uh, tribes they wanted 
those to be uh, to be removed. And so they came and asked Rehoboam about that. Rehoboam said, leave me for three days. I'll make my decision. Uh, Rehoboam uh, spoke uh, with many of the uh, uh, the servants uh, of his father, uh, Solomon, who still lived, um, it says in verse 7, uh, and they spoke to Rehoboam, they said, if you will be a servant to the people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. Right? So they tell him, hey, let's have a new start. Let's let's do things uh, differently and you will garner their loyalty. Well, Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders, and he consulted the young men who he had grown up with, uh, who stood with him and said to him, what advice do you give? How should we answer the people uh, who have asked us to lighten the yoke uh, which Solomon had put on them? And so this is what the young men uh, (laughs) advised. Uh, You should speak to the people who have spoken to you, saying, your father made our yoke heavy, but you make will you make it lighter on us? Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. All right. So Rehoboam basically just wants to exert his power and say, you know what? You thought it was bad with Solomon. How dare you even uh, ask me uh, to take it easy? I am now going to make it even worse on you. Um, Well, you know what? Great job, Rehoboam. At least you proved you were a manly man, right? I mean, I don't even know what's going on here. It's so frustrating. And this is what gets frustrating about so many things that that happen in the world today. I mean, to me, is exactly uh, what Russia and Putin are doing to Ukraine, right? Like It it feels like this is simply just a a show of strength, Um, and and it is— sad to see, but it, is, it shouldn't be surprising to us, right? This has been happening throughout history. Uh, the further people get away from God, then it becomes all about them, right? And whenever a person is in power um, and is has moved away from God, then it becomes all about them, and they will wield the power that they have uh, to to fulfill their own narcissism. That's what Rehoboam is doing right here. So clearly Jeroboam, uh, who is the, the leader of the north, um, and they, they basically separate, and it starts causing conflicts from here on out. Um, and very few actually followed uh, the house of David. It was mainly the tribe of Judah. You also have the tribe of Benjamin that's there, uh, but nearly all of the tribes go to the north. Now, that doesn't mean that the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, that was a very strong kingdom and, and continues to be a strong kingdom and actually has more godly kings than the northern kingdom does. Um, but so they they have the temple, they have Jerusalem, so they are a strong uh, kingdom, but the kingdom is now split. So chapter 12 uh, looks at Jeroboam, who he is the leader of the northern kingdom. And this is one of those uh, times where basically you're dealing with with two bad leaders. You know, at first, if you read chapter 11, you kind of are sympathetic to Jeroboam, uh, right? Because Rehoboam is just this jerk who could have reunited uh, the kingdom, but he doesn't. Um, So you kind of feel sympathy for Jeroboam. Don't feel sympathy for Jeroboam. He was a jerk as well. 
So he uh, begins his uh, rule, um, and he says, uh, now the king uh, kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at J- Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to its Lord. So Rehoboam, king of Judah, uh, and they will kill kill me and go back to Rehoboam, uh, king of Judah. So what, what's going on here is Jeroboam is worried that the people are going to actually take their faith seriously and want to go back to the temple in Jerusalem. And if they did that, they may want to reunite with uh, with Rehoboam and the kingdom of Judah. So he doesn't want that to happen. Um, and, and so he uh, creates his own um, uh, holy places. Says, uh, and this, this is just horrible. Uh, remember what God has been saying through, throughout. Have no other gods before me. Right? It's constant, over and over and over. So in verse 20, 28, Therefore the king asked advice, uh, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is uh, too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you out from the land of Egypt. What a smack in the face to the one true God. Uh, and he set up one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Uh, so he creates these uh, uh, images of the golden calf, which obviously remind us of what uh, happened with Aaron uh, when the people made an image. And Aaron said to them, here is your God who brought you out of Egypt. Um, the <laughs> Things change, but they stay the same. And uh, now this thing uh, became a sin for the people went to worship before the one. Uh, he made shrines, the king made shrines in high places. He made priests, and this is a big one. He made priests from every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi. Right? So God had uh, set up the system to where the Levites were the priestly class. Uh, well, uh, Jeroboam comes in and, you know, probably said things like, that doesn't sound too fair. Why can only the Levites, uh, be, be priests? Why, why can't these other people be priests? Um, we're, we're creating new temples and new high places and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll, you know, make everyone have an equal opportunity. And, uh, and so we will, uh, appoint other people, uh, as priests as well. So he, he ordained, uh, many people who should not have been priests. Uh, he or, ordained them, uh, and the people, <laughs> uh, began to worship other gods. This kind of opened the door for that to happen. Uh, chapter 13 is really interesting. I encourage you to uh, read it. Um, there's two men of God, a new man of, man of God and an old man of God. We don't get their names. Uh, the new man of God comes and, uh, and prophesies uh, that things are not going to go well uh, for uh, Jeroboam and um, and let's see, says, so the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him. Um, uh, the, uh, verse four. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel. So that he's, he's calling out King Jeroboam for what he has done, that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. And then his hand uh, withered so he couldn't even pull it back. Um, so Jeroboam, uh, is, you know, spitting in the face of God and, and, uh, he's, he's getting a little bit in return. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the man of God actually did, uh, pray and restored Jeroboam's hand, but the point was made, um, that Jeroboam needed to change, but of course he wouldn't. 
Then, it's interesting, the man of God leaves, and there's a, an old prophet uh, that's from that uh, from the northern kingdom um, and invites him to come and eat and uh, drink, um, which God had told the original prophet, do not accept anything from the northern kingdom. You go there, you give the message, you come back. Uh, well, the, the old prophet tells him, no, it's okay. God told me to offer this food to you. So he eats, which was a disobedient to God, and then he was eaten by a lion. Actually, he wasn't eaten by the lion. He was just killed by the lion. It, it really is a fascinating story. I don't, I don't know exactly what to do with it, except if God tells you specifically something to do, uh, don't let someone else um, <laughs> tell you otherwise, right? Uh, now, this is, got to be careful with this. You know, I, God, I think, directly spoke to this prophet, um, but but we we see how important obedience is, uh, and and uh, it's just a very interesting uh, circumstance. And at the end, in verse thirty three, says after this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but again he made priests from every class of people for the high places. Wh- whoever wished, he consecrated him, and he became one uh, became one of the priests of the high places. So he even made himself priest, uh, which was just an affront uh, to to God. Uh, and this. This thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam, um, and so as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. Right? So this was just an abomination to God. So the northern king starting kingdom starting off really well. Uh, verse four or chapter fourteen uh, talks about judgment on the house of Jeroboam. Um, you can read that um, Jeroboam had a, a child who was near death, um, and he sent his wife to a prophet, uh, Aja, um, and uh, told told his wife to pretend and to conceal her identity. Um, but God spoke to uh, to the prophet, and he knew who it was, and he gave a very bad uh prophecy says, uh, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam. This is the day, even now, for the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the water. He will uproot Israel from the good land which he gave to their father and will scatter them beyond the river because they have made wooden images provoking the Lord to anger. And he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who sinned and who made Israel sin. Right. And and then sadly, he says, your request for the child to be restored is not going to be answered. And in fact, the moment that you return home, your child will die. Uh, very, very sad uh, situation, but again, shows the consequences of rebellion against God. Uh, chapter 14 uh, talks about Rehoboam. So he's the king in the southern kingdom. Um, it says, and, and he starts off really well as, uh, also. It says, now Judah, talking about the southern kingdom, uh, which Rehoboam is now king. Now Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. And there was also perverted persons in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And so basically they are just starting to look and to act like the world around them that was not trying to live up to any kind of godly standard. Man, there's such a, 
modern application to that. Um, you know, we are called to live differently than the world around us. Um, and I, I feel like one thing that's happening is that that you, a lot of times you can't tell really the dif- difference between how a person of faith lives and just a secular person lives. And that's, we have to be careful with that. We need to be thinking about that. Um, you know, how, how are we living? Are we starting to accept um, worldly ideas as truth that run contrary to what what Scripture has revealed to us, what God has revealed to us through Scripture? Um, um, what happens during Rehoboam, um, the king of Egypt comes and kind of plunders. So all the wealth that Solomon had, uh, amassed, uh, begins to, uh, to disintegrate and a many, much of it is t- taken. Um, remember they had golden shields, uh, at the temple, uh, those are taken and they replace them with bronze ones. So they are downgrading. Things are not going well, uh, after this regime change, uh, for sure. Uh, chapter 15 um, talks about uh, Abijam. Um, it, he uh, replaces uh, Jeroboam um, and has all, all kinds of uh, – he's, he's there because uh, of God's faithfulness to the people, uh, but he uh, does, does just as bad as Jeroboam does. Um, then uh, – in chapter nine or verse nine of chapter fifteen, we talk about Asa, who reigns in Judah. Um, so he's the second king in in Judah, but he actually did right in the eyes of the Lord, uh, just like his father David. Um, and he removed the, many of the idols, uh, but he did not remove all of the high places. Um, so he he removed the practice, but didn't completely uproot it. Um, but but did many, many good things. Um, and he kind of entered into a treaty with uh, Syria. Um, he kind of was in a constant uh, struggle with the Northern Kingdom, but overall he was a good king. Um, uh, chapter 15 talks about Nadab, who uh, reigned in, in Israel. Um, and uh, he did evil, of course, in the side of, of the Lord. Then uh, Basha uh, conspired against him and killed him. Uh, so a lot of political intrigue going on. And then he became uh, king, and he did uh, evil in the eyes of, of the Lord. Um, and, and then eventually uh, he is replaced. Uh, there's Elah, the son, son of Basha, came king over, over Israel, reigned a couple of years. Uh, his servant Zimri um, conspired against him while he was, uh, while Elah was very drunk um, and killed him. Then Zimri uh, <laughs> destroyed all of the household of the kingdom of, of Basha, uh, which again, that would have been a, a normal normal thing. So then Zimri is uh, ruling the northern kingdom. The people find out that he killed the old king, so they uh, call up the Omri, the commander of the army, to hold him accountable. So Zimri burns down a palace uh, or his home uh, while he's in it, and it kills him. Yeah, really in- interesting uh, way way to go. So <laughs> you you see that things are not starting off well at all in the northern kingdom. In the southern kingdom, uh, you do have a good king in King Asa, um, which is 
where we're we're to that point now the northern kingdom uh, and this is all within a basically the same time frame the northern kingdom goes through five or six kings um and none of them are trying to return the nation to god so encourage you to to read that we are we're going to continue this is this is very interesting stuff, and I encourage you to read it um, just because it it shows how sinful we are, how sinful we've been, um, and that we're going to see the same type of stuff, uh, especially um, when a, a group of people, whether it's a nation or whatever, the further you move away from God, uh, the more corrupt, the more chaotic things become. And uh, we're going to see that throughout the Old Testament. So in, uh, for next Tuesday, please read Second Chronicles chapters 10 through 16. It's going to kind of talk about the same stuff, but from a different perspective. So Second Chronicles 10 through 16. All right. See you next week.